Hello, welcome back to another episode of All Bases Covered, the podcast helping you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Good morning, Miss Mortimer. Good evening and good day. A wonderful day. How are you? I'm fine. As long as the listeners can't see me, they think I'm fine, right? A hundred percent. Lisa's having one of those weird moments where she feels like she's going to spew for no reason. Mm, and I have a headache. Just but I'm okay. to happen every other week, it feels, but not usually on recording day. No. How are you? I am great. I'm actually feeling not depresso espresso martini today. But it's Thursday. I know. I'm bucking the trend. It's because I've – how much has daylight savings fucked with your life? Because for me, every day this week has been awful. <laughs> oh, Oh, here she goes. Sorry. No, I I have actually been thriving, but I haven't been to sleep before midnight this week. Yes, so thriving due to the extended daylight hours. But, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not going to sleep easily before midnight, and I'm waking up literally half an hour before I have to start work every day, which is not how I like to live. No, frazzled. Mm, just feeling undersleeped at all times. Underslept. 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 Uh, Sleep deprived. Here I go. I wanted to start with a quick recap on the fact that we had our challenge on the weekend. Yes. And the listeners don't know, and I've complained in depth to you about it, but I wanted to let everyone know that my 12-kilometer walk was, in fact, more of a steeplechase than your run was. And That is an absolute lie because I got wet up to my ankles in runners it could not be more of a steeplechase in fact I okay, was I'll... not only wet up to my ankles in runners I was squelch city okay let's just out <laughs> steeplechase each other my route was so wet that it, I had to turn around my route was so wet that pro cyclists didn't go through it because it was so wet and so deep for so long mm. that you would need to swim through the yeah. patch mine and was then, like that, but with mud yeah not great but I had to run through a puddle from three kilometers in and I had to run 21 kilometers yeah that is awful so and then also at like every three kilometer increment from then I had to run through another puddle so I never mm. really experienced a, a true moment of dryness it's just, honestly it was a really 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 bad weekend for us to do a challenge I had a, there was a mud puddle that was quite possibly 50 metres long for me that we had to, we just walked through because hilariously, there was no one on this walking track. It was ginormous. And we got met with two girls also around our age on the other side of the giant mud puddle. And we just looked at each other from other ends of the thing and laughed. And we went, you guys go first and we'll, we'll see where you've gone and we'll go in that direction to try and, you know, use their footsteps. Um, and about 10 metres in, they both went, fuck it, and just ran through the middle. And so we yeah. did the same. Yuck. Yeah. So yeah, thank you to everyone who participated in our challenge. I have posted out your stickers, all but the last bunch who I said I had leftovers um, because I had to get a COVID test earlier this week and so I couldn't leave the house to get stamps. But I'll do that tomorrow. So you'll get them hopefully next week. We had what, at least 35 participants? Yeah, it was such a nice turnout. 
Yeah, I think that's really solid considering. And we also got a little message on Strava. I don't know if you saw it last night. Someone said, please keep doing these because it gives me like some someone wants to participate in a challenge with me and people are my friendship group sick of hearing about my 10,000 steps. So I don't know. You can just Maybe always. Next year. Yeah, just DM us if you do 10,000 steps. We want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> also this week. In lockdown house renovation updates, things are back up and running in in Schittsville, in Croydon, and my bathroom is getting very close to completion, guys, and I'm very thrilled. I'm so excited. It's looking so nice. I can already see the shelfies. (laughs) I'm planning them. Oh, but is your shelf wooden or is that just the plan out? No, no, it's wooden, (laughs) but it's fine. You don't let me take photos on wood. I don't, but I'll put them on our stories and it'll be really cute. Okay, I'm just saying that, like, maybe you should have done, like, a pink terrazzo shelf <laughs> so that you could have taken photos on it. Yeah, I should have in hindsight, but, you know, we were on a tight budget and pink terrazzo is quite expensive, so <laughs> can't have it all. Mm, potato, potato. <laughs> all right, how's your week? Any other updates? I don't think I have a single update. Nothing has happened. You got a foster. No, nah, that was last week. We already talked about that. Oh, did we? Oh, dear. Yeah, the foster that was given to me that was um, dog-friendly, de-sex vaccinated, I thought would be gone in two weeks. Turns out she's um, dog-reactive and fucking nuts. So, Oh, you didn't tell me any of that. Oh, she's such a herder that she, like, herds everything. Mm. So, like, she'll walk past a dog on the street and try and herd it and then she barks and then I look like I'm walking some, like, crazy frothing-at-the-mouth pit bull-style <laughs> dog. Um, so it's not the best. I did take her within our 15-kilometre radius. There is – it's such a cute concept. And for people that don't like dogs or even working dogs, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Anyway, it's called herding for city dogs. Yeah. And it's so random. It's, like, five minutes from work. Shape. Yeah, yeah. Literally, like five minutes from where I went, where I went to school, in the middle of the burbs, there's yeah. just this block of land where you can take your dog, and a farmer teaches them to herd. There's like a couple of sheep and some paddocks, mm. and so I took her there. Oh, and, did you, Lucy? Yeah. Tell me any of this. Sorry, I took her, and she thrived. She was like a bit chaotic, and she sort of tried to nip at the sheep. That's what it does. Yeah, trust. I, that doesn't shock me. But, um, yeah, they were good. They they said um, she could probably go to a hobby farming house if someone knew what they were doing with her, that she'd be decent on sheep. So that's cool. Ah, oh, that is cool. That's, like, literally the first working dog that you've had that actually might have a half chance at working. Anyway, <laughs> a full circle dog moment. content for you. Yeah. No, that was good. It's been a while since we had dog content from you. I know. Shall we move into beauty news? Yes, let's. Uh, that's the tea on that. There is a lot of, I'm going to say, celebrity and fashion-related news this week. If you say so, yeah. If I do say so myself. You may. It's your podcast. Jaclyn Hill, we believe, is launching robes. Under the name Jaclyn Roxanne. I hate that name. Jaclyn Roxanne. Like, what a yokel name. I can't handle it. Anyway, she's launching robes, which I'm sure will be hashtag so soft, hashtag so comfy, hashtag we wear them with leggings. don't know that she's launching robes. This is a Sorry, I've gone with my theory. conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> she's gone with it a conspiracy like it's fact. Yeah. It has to be. She 
posted a video the other day that she had like five robes in her bathroom and then she posted this photo shoot that she didn't tell us what was what it was for. She'd said prior, like, this was the hottest I've ever felt in my life and, like, so excited for this to happen. And then she posted, like, on her Instagram stories a photo of her in a robe from that shoot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's the zoom boom? (laughs) What's the zoom boom? Zoom boom boom boom. (laughs) I want you in my room. The zoom boom. Is a it was a piece part, published in Refinery Twenty Nine Australia this week, and I thought it was interesting to talk about. And it's the link between the pandemic and plastic surgery, which has occurred, and they're calling it the Zoom Boom. Anyway, some interesting stats were it's it was published in America and using like journals from America, but I imagine that the same applies to Australia because let's be honest, we've been in lockdown for far longer than those dang Americans have. So fifty seven percent of plastic surgery providers reported an increase in patient-seeking cosmetic consultations compared to prior the pandemic, with 86% noting that the video conference calls were the reason that they were seeking care. Also, they've said an 82.7% increase in their patients either being somewhat more significant or somewhat more or significantly more unhappy with their appearance since using video conferencing during the pandemic. And can I get an amen is where I wanted to start with this. But apparently the article then goes on to talk about the fact that and the plastic surgeons go on to talk about the fact that like webcams are completely distorting our appearance. It's not actually how we look in real life. And depending on like the lighting that you set up in your house and the angle of the camera on your computer and all of these things, it's making people look like they have a broader nose, rounder face, wider set eyes and a taller forehead. Also disappearing ears obscured by our cheeks (laughs) can relate. (laughs) What are people doing to address their disappearing ears? I don't think they're doing anything for the ears, but Zoom dysmorphia is now a thing that apparently is happening. (sighs) I definitely see why that's a thing. I also think it's funny because a lot of, you know, quote normals would be like, why are all these influencers and people um, getting so much work done? And you always hear YouTubers, vloggers, content creators say, All I do is stare at my face all day and then edit it and then post it. So, of course, you're going to critique it. And people, I think, have sort of been judgy of that. But now you can see that if you had to walk around with a mirror in front of your face all day, it does obviously make you critique yourself more and more. You have taken this in the exact direction that I was going to take this. So thank thank you for having the same wavelength as me. Kindred spirits. Yes. So, yeah, I was just forcing ourselves to stare at ourselves for eight hours a day is not normal. But I found it interesting how there's still that human element of like a desire for a quick fix and an instant fix. And I get that that's the case with faces because there's not a lot that you can do to change your appearance other than plastic surgery or Botox or tweakments. Um, But, yeah, just the fact that we have more time than ever to work on ourselves and our appearance, but we're still being like, nah, I'll just I'll just sort this out. But one of the other things that they were talking about was the fact that because we're in lockdowns and we're seeing less of people, now is also the perfect time to get treatments done, which is why they think that there's been that increase as well. Um, and the mm. top surgeries that have come out of it are rhinoplasty, which I wasn't too surprised about, eyelid surgery 
which I kind of was surprised about, but they were saying the angle of the cameras pointing like down on our faces is causing our eyelids to look like they're droopier. Um, and then facelifts, of course, as well. Mm. Anyway, just a little bit of a thought-provoking piece for us all to mull on and you're not alone if you feel like you look significantly uglier than you did two years ago. <laughs> Lol. On that note, yeah. very topical, Lily Galici, who is, you know, the founder of Lily Lashes and, I don't know, all-rounder influencing gal. Mm-hmm. She has posted, it was yesterday, so last week for you guys, mm. about having a bit of a issue with her under eye filler. Yeah. She experienced what is known as vascular occlusion and an Instagram plastic surgeon, Dr. Subio, posted a really good summary and explanation of it. Mm. So this is basically the the highest risk when you're getting any facial filler, but particularly around the eye. Mm. And it's kind of what they tell you when you have a consultation and then people are like, nope, that's terrifying. I'm not going to do it. Or like, yeah, mm. the risk is so low, whatever. So it is pretty rare, but it happened to her. So it's mm. kind of nice to see that she posted about that complication. Anyway, mm. what Dr. Subio said was, essentially, if an injector is filling an area on your face, in particular with a needle, this is possible. Uh, possible with a cannula, but much less likely, and is injecting while the tip of the needle is stationary, they could possibly be filling an artery instead of the surrounding tissues. This blocks the entire vessel with filler as opposed to blood and blocks the flow of nutrients necessary to sustain cell life. Mm. So basically you fill the filler into your artery and therefore the blood's not going to the area so you can get like necrosis or you can, I think you can go blind and all of those, particularly if it's around the eye. On botched, you see it a lot with the non-surgical nose jobs. People get the filler in their nose to straighten it and then they can get an occlusion there and literally their nose dies. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I've never seen that on Crazy. Mm. <gasps> so crazy. And um, Lily's one like really extended like an, almost an inch below her eye and it happened pretty much instantly like from the updates that she posted. You go. That's the thing. So I was having a look and they say basically immediately you can – see results you have pain you might lose a bit of vision or whatever so while obviously it's scary really scary the sooner you work to fix it the better the outcome is and you should typically see results immediately so like you would flag it with your injector and they might do the hyaluronase or whatever to dissolve it and then you go to the hospital or whatever she's been hospitalized I believe Mm. and it's only starting to improve after a couple of days because I think she's posting these stories delayed. Mm. But it was just really interesting to see someone posting about filler complication so candidly and also, I mean, we've both had stuff done to our face and you always think like, of course that's not going to happen to me and it's Mm. horrifying that it can and obviously that's a reason why most people don't do it. (laughs) Totally. And it was interesting to read as well. She posted an update yesterday saying – a lot of people have asked her, will she ever get filler again? And she's like, as much as I'm terrified now from what happened to me and I want to say, no, I'll never get filler again. She's like, realistically, like in the industry that I'm in, I'm never going to, I'm not going to say never. Um, but yeah. she's like, I'll be staying away from filler for now. Uh, but yeah, not ruling it out forever. Also, <laughs> I guess you could say if you were her, like you've experienced the worst complication there is. So. Yeah. Like 
also what's stopping her going back. Like I think what would scare me is the possibility of that happening. But the fact that she's had that happen and then come out okay, I would almost feel like, oh, that's the worst that happens. It's fine, you know? Safest to fly right after a plane crash, right? (laughs) Exactly. And um, while obviously it can come down to technique and knowing where things are and stuff, it's not necessarily due to the skill of injector. Sometimes it can just be unlucky. However, it's tricky because obviously when you're doing stuff around the under eye, you have to avoid the arteries. But this doctor makes a hilarious comment on saying, I don't believe in burying a needle in someone's face and pushing the plunger based on memorizing where the vessels are supposed to reside or how they looked in a single 83-year-old pickled cadaver head at the course, which is so true because all of our anatomy is like slightly different. And so while you may think a spot is safe because that's where no artery is, in someone that might be exactly where their artery is. Yeah, that's it. And the under eye area in everyone's face is such so different in shape to think of all of the ways that all of the underlying like arteries must be different as well is wild yes look yep pickled cadaver was just the funniest thing (laughs) ever and it just made me feel sick I really don't miss cadaver days at uni there was just nothing like them and they'd all been there for so long so you'd like pick up a tendon it would just like snap in your hands and you'd be like oh god I'm sorry Philip Like they've all just been there for so long. And then I remember, I don't know if you're listening, Sophia, but I remember Sophia being like, my grandpa donated his body to science. He's at Melbourne Uni or something. And I was like, oh, it just felt weird that obviously they're real humans. But imagine like popping into biology, anatomy or something and seeing your grandpa on the table. Surely there's procedures in place to make sure that doesn't happen. I don't think there would be. Surely they double check the surname of the. Uh, <laughs> I can't. It's too much. It's absolutely too much. Anyway, okay. moving on from cadavers. Next, uh, today, as of today, when the podcast is launching on Monday the 11th, Ultraviolet is doing a buy one, get one free bestie day for their sunscreens. That's the best. Yeah, the premise is. Everyone has a best friend who's not SPFing their face. So buy a sunscreen and you can give your bestie your backup sunscreen that you get for free. But like, let's be honest, we're all just going to buy multiple sunscreens for ourselves. Yeah. And I did just buy two ultraviolets last week from Sephora. So joke's on me. (laughs) Rude. I bought two like two weeks ago from Adore Beauty. Um, Ellen DeGeneres is launching a skincare line, which is... I don't want to know about it. Yeah, neither. Basically, her shtick is that it's age positive and so it's skincare that works but isn't about being anti-aging and it's kind to the environment and animals. I don't remember what Ellen did wrong, but all I know is that Ellen was meant to have been cancelled. And so if she's being a dickhead on her show and saying that now she's launching like a inclusive positive beauty line like it just doesn't sit well with me like it seems a bit too soon not really interested in her beauty line to be quite honest no all right next up in beauty news Estee Lauder is closing their designer fragrances division as of July 1st so according to a press release from the company the brands that fall under the designer fragrances division are Aramie Aramis Michael Kors, Tommy Hilfiger, DKNY, Donna Karen um, fragrances, and all of their licenses will be ending with Estee Lauder in between now and 2023. So they're wrapping up all of those agreements. 
all of the perfumes, as far as we know, are going to be passed on to other companies mm. and fragrance houses. And Estee Lauder have said that they're committed to ensuring that they focus on investing its resources into the most strategic and long-term growth opportunities and they value and value creation globally. So they said after careful thought and consideration, the four fashion houses have mutually decided not to renew the licensing agreements when they expire. And that will happen by June next year. Uh, they also have said that they will continue, however, to run their luxury fragrance lines. So they're still going to have Tom Ford, Lalabo, um, Frederick Marle, Joe Malone, and their own Estee Lauder and Clinique brands. Interesting. I could see them being more aligned with like Coty or LVMH. Same. I was kind of shocked to realize that, that they were still under yes. Estee Lauder. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Next up in beauty news this week, Innisfree and Gucci Beauty have launched at Sephora Australia. That is confusing because Innisfree is its own store. Yes. They must and be also at Doncaster Shopping Town. They're and like next door to each other. To each other. <laughs> yeah. But I am excited that Gucci is launching at Sephora because all of those VIB days mean that we can get discounts on Gucci, which is fun. Hell yeah. That's the mm. time to buy your Gucci bronzer. Speaking of, have you actually used the Gucci bronzer that I got you? I refuse. Alex, I'm going to revoke it. No, it's... I can it's, revoke a gift. It's under a plinth, under a spotlight in my hallway. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. <laughs> yes, yes, I am kidding. <laughs> okay. Like you've put it on a hotspot. <laughs> that's, that's mentally, yes, that's exactly where I went. Uh, no, I haven't used it yet. I'll use it one day, but, like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And final piece of beauty news this week, Paris Fashion Week happened this week, and the key beauty trends that we saw on the runway were graphic liner, no surprise, but, like, really elongated to the temple, like, wings. Mm-hmm. Of strong vibe. Wet hair looks. So, like, the top part of the hair looking, like, slicked and a bit damp. Yep. High shine pigmented lips. Not a vibe I'm into, but like bright mm-hmm. orange reds and oranges on like lacquery looking lips and mullet haircuts, tussled, short on the top, choppy mullet styles for females and males. And I just want to say, I get it. Some people look really hot with a mullet haircut, aka the guy from Stranger Things. I can't remember what his name is, but would die for. However, everyone's going to end up with the most ugly pixie haircuts in like a few months' time when they realize the mullet didn't work for them and it's not cool anymore and they can't grow out those layers for the rest of their life. And that's how yeah. I feel. Yuck. You're right. Cool. That was it for Beauty News. Oh, wait. You wanted to talk about YouTube shorts. I've been wanting to discuss the trends of where we're seeing YouTube going for a long time now. We're seeing YouTube shorts, which is a thing. It's like YouTube's version of Reels or TikToks, but I see why they're trying to do it, but it's just not what I want. I'm the kind of person that wants like between a 15 and 50 minute YouTube video. I watch it like TV. I know that this isn't the most popular approach to watching YouTube, but I do a lot of YouTube watching on my TV. Mm, yeah, and it's so, not very popular. So shorts is annoying because it's like I don't want to watch, you know, 15 to 30 second videos on my TV. It's weird. And they also kind of clog up your feed so then you miss the big ones. Like Jackie Ina does a whole bunch of shorts all in a row and then your whole feed's just clogged with videos that I just don't want to watch. 
And also we're seeing a trend in YouTube videos where they are being filmed vertically because obviously people are viewing on their phones. Mm. But it really upsets me when I watch it on my TV. Yeah, fair enough. I thought that I would like the YouTube in the vertical mode, but I don't at all. Yeah. Katie did one. Yeah, because when you're watching on your phone, it's only good like if you want to be viewing the comments while watching because obviously you turn your phone sideways for full screen and then you, you know, that's that's what you get. But you have to, you can't view full screen in vertical mode on your phone. So it bugs me. I also don't actually enjoy IGTV because mm. I find it annoying. My favorite part about YouTube is that I pay for premium so that I can watch and then flick out and scroll realestate.com and then go back in and scroll something else. And you can't do that with Instagram IGTV. Mm. It stops you. And so I do kind of like the fact that they're kind of trying to make like IGTV on YouTube or whatever and that I could watch in the background easier. But yeah. oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like where the trend of YouTube is going. I want the 50-minute videos. I don't want the shorts. Yeah, how sad is it when Estee Lalonde uploads like a seven-minute video and I'm like, dude, I'm not even going to watch any of it because I don't want to only watch seven minutes. Yeah, I'm going to save it and watch multiple in a row. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Well, I think that's it for beauty news. Dang, these products are so good. What's the deal? What's your beauty fave this week? My beauty fave is Ameliorate again. I know I've had this as a fave like three times, but goodness, it's a good moisturizer. And on hashtag Footgate, the feet were really good. And then mm-hmm. I did the run and then they were really bad because they were covered in blisters and calluses. Yep. And then the blisters healed and they were good again. And then I've been walking in Birkenstocks and then they were bad again. My heels oh. got dry. And I was like, Alex, oh, my God, the heels are dry and they're beginning to crack again. And she was like, for the love of God, take care of your feet. <laughs> I used Ameliorate and it's just the best because it hydrates and it also obviously exfoliates. So it's great for your feet because they can take quite a lot of exfoliation yeah, and they also need hydration. And I find any time I use Ameliorate on my feet, they feel instantly and look instantly better the next day. Obviously, it's great for the whole body. I do Mm. love it, but it's really great for cracked heels. I didn't know that you could use Ameliorate on your feet, but that does make sense as a good use case for the product. Also, someone, a listener, Steph, DM'd us during the week and said, just a public service announcement don't use milky foot on your legs like i suggested may have been a fun idea she confirmed that you would end up with muscle damage (laughs) not actually (laughs) interesting yep 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 what's your beauty fave my beauty fave this week was very 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 difficult to pick i have a lot so would would you like me to talk about two or one go on two's fine Okay, love that for me. My main beauty fave this week is the new Tan Lux, the water hydrating self-tan mist. Ooh, is that for face or for body or both? So it says it can be used for both. And I, wanted I just feel like you'd use the whole face. thing for your body. I think you'd use the whole thing for body as well, and it's a very fine mist. So I wouldn't rely on it for body. I think it would be a bit hit and miss. Hit and missed, some might say. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been using the Tan Lux serum, hydrating mm. serum, which is a tanner as well. And I don't rate it. 
And there was an article that someone published, I think it was on Refinery29 or Pop Sugar or something this week, being like, this is the best fake tan face product ever. And I completely disagree and I would throw it in the bin. This, however, delicious, delightful and fantastic, smells great, tans my face in a lovely, even way that's not too dark. So I feel like I can build it for a couple of days. Doesn't cling on to dry patches. Doesn't give Mm -hmm. me orange eyebrows. Literally ticks every box for a face fake tan. Very happy with it. I have two thoughts about what you've just said. One is going to be rude and controversial, but I'm just really getting this strong vibe at the moment that like any form of beauty journalism that makes it into my feed is written by someone that actually has like nil to begin a level of expertise in beauty. And I thought you were going to be rude and confrontational to me. And oh, no, I was like, no, no. I had my hackles up. I was ready to go. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, I completely agree with that. I just, and like, I've had a lot of articles linked to me by friends and stuff being like, lol this, lol that, or whatever. Or is this real? Things like, you know, oh, I tried Ombre Elise and it's just as good as La Mer and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, I just can't handle the clickbaity things that are written by someone that's maybe a journalist but doesn't know that much about beauty or. Yeah. I don't know. It really pisses me off. I just feel like there's a lot of boring slash misinformed slash not that good beauty journalism out there. And, you know, if anyone wants some um, people who have actually worked in the industry and worked with product for a long time, you know, we're happy to produce some content for you. But I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah, the article was like, I've used this fake tan face uh, on my face and I haven't worn foundation in a week or something. And I was like. Yeah, that's how they're all written. They're just, oh, I hate the like format of it. It's literally written for people that have some interest in beauty but also know nothing. And they're like, oh, I don't like wearing foundation. That sounds great. And then they buy it and like it's terrible. This is why we made the podcast because you want to be able to talk about this stuff with people and people want this information and I don't know, it makes me angry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, the second point that I want to say is this is universal. We find this about every beauty product. Whenever we buy it in drops or serum form, we always say it makes my nose brown, it makes my chin brown, but the rest of me is white. And anytime we try the same formula from that brand in a mist, we say it hits the high points. It gives me a little bit on the bridge of my nose and my cheekbones and it doesn't cling to dry patches. And I really think that we can universally say that a mist for the face is almost always superior to some form of Uh, liquid or serum because it just doesn't cling as bad and it tans you on your high points like the natural sun does. I completely agree with you. My biggest gripe of all with the fake tan face serum situation is that for some reason it doesn't seem to, this is such a random thing to say, but I'm sure someone else will be listening and agree with me. It doesn't seem to cling to my eyelids. And I know it's probably because I'm not actually applying fake tan I'm not applying the fake tan to my eyes when I do it but then I end up with this really weird situation where like my forehead is brown and like my nose is so brown and my eyebrows are orange and my cheeks are like in brown in dry patches and then I have like white eyelids and it makes me look bizarre crazy yeah Yeah. it's like that look of people that solarium but wear those tiny little goggles it's exactly what it looks like so the the, the mist works so much better anyway and it's 200 mil which is a great size and it smells like it smells like happiness a oh, light thank you so much for that description that's so thorough a light floral <laughs> every time you sniff that you nose whistle <laughs> it's because you made me laugh till I cried earlier and now I'm stuffy okay 
I didn't make you laugh till you cried. My appearance made you laugh till you cried. <laughs> yes. It's a light floral and it smells clean. Anyway, I really like mm. it. My next beauty fave is the Charlotte Tilbury Hollywood Flawless Filter for the Touch of Youth Glow. Oh, for a Hollywood Flawless Supermodel Youthful Glow. Yes. I bought it because it's at Mecca. Mm. Hooray. And I can finally talk about it. And it is phenomenal. It can be worn as a foundation replacement. It does give a little bit of coverage. Yeah, but very shiny coverage. Yeah, but I love it. Okay. You wore it you wore that on your wedding day, FYI. Did I? Pretty sure. I looked magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> you looked like a flawless Hollywood superstar model glow. I did. And coupled with the fake tan water it's been the best combination that my skin is loving because I'm not wearing as much foundation and I finally feel like I found this groove in my working from home routine where I don't have to wear a full face of makeup every single day to give me the color that I need uh, to give me an awake appearance on a zoom call circling back to the start of this conversation interesting so maybe you could publish an article that says i found this product from charlotte tilbury and this tanning mist and i haven't worn foundation since exclamation mark exclamation mark yeah that's what i could do anyway they're both my beauty faves this week and they're both stellar faves and i highly recommend that everyone picks them up because i actually don't think that you'll be disappointed and now i sound even more like an article <laughs> here's an affiliate link ripper actually it's not a helmet it's a hair mat it has extra room so you don't mess up your hairdo. What's your non-beauty fave this week? I can see you've got 800. I don't have 800. I have three, you rude wench. First, clickbait. You watched it. I watched it. I smashed it in maybe two days. Did you love it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Very much enjoyed. How hot's What's Adrian Grenier? Oh, God. Wish he was in it more. Just, yeah, love it. Exactly my kind of content. Like, mystery... Whatever. Loved it. Mm, mm. How hot is the detective? Uh, yeah, they're all hot. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Delightful. Anyway, Emily Mariko is my other fave. Who? You may know her as the girl who made the salmon TikTok that goes viral. I oh, have, my gosh. I, I have to say. I have seen it, but everyone is talking about this stupid salmon rice. I have to say, I have no idea why the salmon rice video went viral. It's literally salmon forked into a bowl with rice. I don't get it. It's like what I would eat for lunch when you don't There's have anything other than pantry staples. Exactly. Yes. I don't know why. In fact, I'm not even huge into her TikToks. What I am big into is her YouTube, ah. of course, mm-hmm. because TikTok is too short for me because I need to know all of the intimate details of someone's life. Yes. Anyway, great. She does like really – satisfying meal prep videos she's she lives in the bay area in california Mm. and so she like goes to the farmer's markets and like it's always fucking sunny and the produce is always lit where she is then she comes home then she preps them all and she stores all of her carrots in water and she puts her herbs in little dried paper towels and she sorts out her fridge and it's just so satisfying and since watching her i've started like cutting up my mangoes and doing bits and bobs and prepping my fridge and it's just really satisfying anyway wow, okay. catch me out here doing like grocery haul tiktoks in the future because i effing love this kind of content i already saw that you published a grocery haul tiktok to your personal tiktok last night i did and i love it what i what i find most satisfying is like hearing people chop up their vegetables mm. and like washing them and stuff i hate washing vegetables but like i want to hear people chop it 
I never wash vegetables. I'm disgusting. Same. And I also fear ever making any kind of food TikToks because I never peel any vegetable. I always put carrots with the stringy hair bits in. Same. Hasn't killed me yet. Never noticed it. Not going to peel it. Fiber. It's good for us. Exactly. Yeah. Love her YouTube content. And we will swing back to her when we talk about my snack of the week. What's your non-beauty fave? My non-beauty fave this week is the most recent episode of the Hamish and Andy podcast. And I know that I'm a basic bitch for talking about the Hamish and Andy podcast on our podcast. But why? I don't know. I think it's just everyone's non-beauty fave every week, isn't it? It's like understanding yeah. not to listen. But if you don't listen to their podcast, that sucks for you. And you probably got a lot of like to go through the back catalogue to catch up with all the inside jokes because they're up to like 150 episodes now and it's a bit like us. Like you're not part of the cool club if you haven't been listening. Um, yeah, and Andy are a bit like us. That's right. Exactly like us. They are like us as well. We're not like them. But anyway, the most recent episode where they talk about the cyber horse race that they've been doing and mm. Jack Post does a little diddy about the fact that he's a stud horse and pretends to be a stud horse and puts on like a sexy hey (laughs) it had me crying with laughter on my walk and it was the belly laugh that I needed in my life so go and listen I am not up to date so I only vaguely know the horse betting story but you know how they post the videos of the podcast, like the snippets on the Instagram? I don't follow the Instagram, but I have now because they posted a video of Hamish like air guitaring to a song. Do I send it to you? No. Hamish is like air guitaring to a song and Andy is like not making any eye contact with him. And then you see this look in Hamish's eyes where he like really goes to the air guitar and like really tries to stare into Andy's soul and he just like never looks up. And then they start the pod and he's like, Wow, you really you really didn't look at me there. I don't know, I'm describing it horrendously, but <laughs> it's like an absolute non-event. But when you watch it, it's sort of like ha-ha, and then you re-watch it and you see the moment in Hamish's eyes where he really goes for the air guitar and I can see the look in his eyes now and it could make me laugh instantly. <laughs> his little eyes. <laughs> see his little eyes dedicated in the air guitar. Oh, we'll have to share it on the stories, guys. It's the best. Anywho. Yeah, so Hamish and Andy are my non-beauty fave this week, basically all round. And also I watched Squid Game. I'm halfway through Squid Game and that's also a good recommendation, but I don't need to talk about it because everyone else in the world is. Yeah. I'm into episode three and I'm like only watching it for the hot girl. Oh, how hot is she? So fucking hot. (sighs) There's just nothing I love more than a beautiful freckled person. Also with just extraordinarily like strong features but still so soft at the same time. Exactly. I want to kiss her. Yeah, such harsh bone structure but so feminine all at once. Beautiful. Stunning. I want to breed with her. Same. Stud horse. (laughs) Jack post. Just took it to my veins. What is your snack this week? Okay, my snack this week was inspired by Emily Mariko. It is overnight oats. How basic of me. That is the most basic thing you've ever said. I hate you. No, you don't. Because, Alex, when you were waking up at 7.58 for an 8 o'clock start, you were so thankful to previous night Lisa (laughs) who prepped overnight oats. No, I'm not because overnight oats are cold and gross. 
I used to think the same. I've never liked any overnight oats that I've tried. <laughs> you are going to split your hamstring in half, my friend. This recipe leads a really nice, like, creamy texture, and it's sort of like halfway between porridge and birch and mousse. Moosely. Moosely. I very much enjoy it's half a cup of oats, half a cup of milk, any form of milk, quarter of a cup of yogurt. They say like plain Greek unsweetened yogurt and then a tablespoon of chia seeds and a tablespoon of sweetener. I just used my favorite Greek yogurt in the like normal flavor, which is kind of slightly sweetened. So then I didn't use the sweetener. Mm. I find it really filling, very fibrous, great for bulking thy stool. And uh, very low effort. Like I just sliced some apple today. I put a passion fruit on top of it, which was fucking top notch. And I really like, I truly, really like it. And I've never enjoyed overnight oats. And I've tried them like once yearly for like the last eight years. And this recipe is top notch. I very much enjoy. You're like what they say about babies when and kids when they're like, if they don't like broccoli the first time, that's okay. Keep feeding it to them because like their taste buds will change and eventually they'll like it. That's you with all yes. with eventually they'll oats. give in. Yeah, it's like they've put one tiny piece of broccoli in with my favourite food, hot chips, and then we did half-half hot chips and broccoli, and now we're eating just overnight oats. That is exactly what it's like. My snack of the week this week is currently (laughs) smeared a little bit on the bed and looking a little bit like a poop. Oh, good God. (laughs) What is it? It's Panna chocolate, mint chocolate. (gasps) Oh, my God, I'm so jealous you can eat that. I used to love that but it gives me violent diarrhea can't confirm nor deny whether or not that's going to happen yet i was eating it before the podcast and i accidentally dropped a tiny little bit and then i thought oh did i have an accident but i did not i realized it's chocolate (laughs) drone's life can never be too sure can never be sure anyway the mint version of this chocolate is great because panna chocolate is so extraordinarily rich and like dainty and a lot Mm-hmm. The mint provides a freshness that cuts mm-hmm. right through. A hundred percent agree. It's the only flavor that I really like from panna. And the thing with panna is, but in like winter, it's so room temperature. Like mm-hmm. it's so dissolve on the tongue because it's like weird, fake, whatever it, it is. Disappears. Anyway, it's a classic example of like, this is quote unquote healthy chocolate, but like couldn't be more toxic for me. Will have me doubled over in pain due to the amount of, I don't know, fructose in it. Yeah, um, but it's so yum, but it's also so expensive. Oh yeah, it got gifted to me. I didn't buy it. And my other snack that I have this week is a it's a Lisa Mort special because it's actually a meal. It's mm. there's a gluten free store in Mornington called Le Fou, and they have a branch called Le Fou Burguette, and it's Vietnamese, and they do a Vietnamese noodle salad. And my- oh, so you're buying the actual salad from there? Yep. And they do a stuffed tofu Vietnamese noodle salad. And it is, I didn't know what stuffed tofu was. And I still Mm. don't really know what it is. But it's like that fried tofu that's kind of a bit puffy and soft. And it's got like herbs and things in it. I don't actually know what it's stuffed with. It's very unclear and it's probably all mystery meat, but like not meat. And it's delicious and I'm addicted to it and I'm eating it at least once a week. What's the, like, what is in it other than the tofu? So it's got the stuffed tofu. It's got pickled carrots, like the quick pickled carrots. Yum. Noodles, vermicelli noodles, um, some salad, cucumber, and they'll put 
fried shallots on top, but I say no fried shallots because, like, that's an instant way to shit myself. I know. Isn't that such a shame? Because fried shallots, like, all I would want to eat is fried shallots. If I could eat fried shallots as a dressing on everything, I would. (laughs) And the worst bit, but the best bit, is that every time I go, the dressing that they put on it changes. And it's obviously some kind of, like, it's a sweet and sour, you know, sweet chili with a little bit of vinegar with a little bit of fish sauce combination. Mm. But every time it changes a little bit. And so every time you don't quite know what you're going to get, but it's always a banger. The balance is always great, but the sauce is always slightly different. Anyway, fuck, what a good salad. It's only $12.90 as well, so it's a really Ooh. affordable lunch. <laughs> this is just great all around. Can I give us um, – you've kind of reminded me mm. with all of those ingredients. Can I do another soft fave? You can. I made homemade sushi this week because I went down this weird spiral where I was like, I just want to go to Japan and I want to go to a 7-Eleven and I want to get the sushi where you put the fresh nori on so that the nori isn't soggy and then I'm happy to fly home. I just wanted like a 7-Eleven binge. So I cooked some sushi rice and I made sushi at home. I've never Mm. done that before because Mm. it's like you can buy sushi everywhere, but I wanted the dry sushi and you have literally seconds for that. So I did tuna. And kewpie and cucumber. And then I kind of had an awkward amount of tuna left when I was like, I'll make brunch in a roll. So I did tuna and then pickled daikon. And then I did a little bit of sriracha and I made a spicy tuna pickled daikon nori roll. And it was so good because it was like vinegary and sweet because of the daikon, but then a little bit spicy. Oh, my God, it was so yum. Anyway. Next time you come over, we're going to do those for dinner because it was so yummy. I am thrilled because I love tuna sushi. Same. The best. Unless it's – no, yeah, that's my favorite hand roll. I will, I'll do a salmon or a kingfish. What's it called? Nigiri? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, my God, I can't wait. And I can't wait to give you your pickled carrots at some point. No, why do I keep using the wrong vegetable? It's a daikon. I can't wait to see you in person. Me either. It's going to be great. I just want to feed you. I just want to be fed by you. <laughs> I just want to feed someone that's not Brenton. I'm at the stage now where I ask for ratings out of 10 because I just need to know like where, where I'm hitting the mark or not. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is enough. Thanks yeah. so much for listening. We will see you midweek for a product trial episode. And leave us a review, please. Catch you later, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.